All right. How about we say our prayers and let's get rolling? Sure. Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity for us to take in your word, Lord. Please open up our eyes and open up our ears. As we read your word tonight, Father, please help us. Help us to yield up our hearts, to take our hearts out of the world, to yield up our hearts to you, fertile soil, that your word might lay down deep root in us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, Ray. Yeah. All right. How was your shower? Warm. Good. It was warm. All right. Okay. So, Proverbs 6. Uh, you might get your Bible. Uh, Proverbs 6. And we're in verse 20. And uh, we're going to we're going to read through the end today, hopefully. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. So take the laws of your father and tie them upon your heart. Make them dear to you. So, so if you have a rebellious heart, you'll never be able to hold on to the laws of your father. You have to have a heart that is that 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 honors your mother and your father. You have to have a heart that receives that word and holds on to it. And and you have so many reasons to hold on to it. First of all, God promises you a long life if you hold on to it. He promises you health if you hold on to it. He promises that your way before you is going to be good. So you have an incentive. You get a bonus for doing the right thing. That's like doing the right thing at work that they pay you to do and you get a bonus for it. Amen. That's like my employer. I'm joking. All right. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. What shall lead lead thee? The laws of your father that are bound to your heart. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Reproofs of, of, of instruction, that's the part from your earthly dad. The law is the part from your heavenly father, right? And the commandments that he gives, that's from heaven. That's from our Lord. That's from the word of God. Okay? So you've got all these laws. You've got all these commandments to keep in your heart, to hold on to. To keep thee from evil woman. 
from the flattery of the tongue of an evil woman. You guys remember what Grandpa said when that woman tried to seduce him, what she did? She went right up to him. She kissed him. She flattered him and enticed him right then and there. Right then and there. My wife is not so understanding, so I cannot tell you guys any of those stories like that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but, love you, Elise. But there, but there you go. I love right. you so much. Lust not, verse twenty-five. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyes. And I'm going to tell you that in, in today's day and age, this also applies to the porn stars on the internet and in the magazines. The women who entice you with the image, with an idol, with a graven image, the graven image we were never supposed to make of anything in heaven or on earth or in hell. Okay. But she is using that lust through a graven image. And if you do it in your heart, you definitely did it just like she's standing in front of you. 100%. And the only way free of those chains is to repent. If you don't repent, if you just turn away, if you just turn away and determine to yourself that you're going to never do that again, you will definitely at some point turn back. You will return back to the mud like a pig returns to the slops. You must repent because alone we cannot overcome this thing. We cannot do it without God. We cannot overcome that type of temptation and lusts and, des and desires without Christ. You need supernatural help to break those chains and walk away. <clears throat> For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Let me give you another interpretation of that for the price of a whore may be scarcely a loaf of bread. So even if the whore tells you, look, a loaf of bread costs a buck 50. How about you just give me a, give me a buck 50. Okay. Even if the whore sells herself for the cost of a loaf of bread, but if she's married, she is a trap for your life. In other words, if you commit adultery, if you commit adultery with her, and you know, here's the thing. If you decide to cheat and go with a woman like that, you don't even know if she's married. You don't even know. That doesn't matter to God, does it? God didn't give you that provision. He didn't say, well... If you just slyly don't ask the question, pretend you don't know, you can get away with this. No. Why? Because you know she's a whorish woman, whether she's married or not. You know she's a slut. You know it. We all know a tramp. Every one of us. Every man that ever had a pair of testicles knows what a tramp is. Okay? And given the opportunity after a couple of drunk drinks or after some other enticement, a man will run right to a tramp because he knows what he's going to get. 
Verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? So can you go to a fire and get a bunch of coals and heap it up in your shirt right here in front of your stomach and carry it away somewhere to the place where you want it? No, you're going to get burned. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Can you walk across hot coals without burning your feet? You cannot. So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her, shall not be innocent. Whosoever touches her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief. If he steals to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. So, so even if so, even if we catch a thief, let's say he's in the grocery store, he's in your house, you wake up in the middle of the night and there's a thief in your house, but the only thing he got was a piece of bread that you had out on the counter. And when you caught him, he was stuffing it in his mouth because he's starving to death. Even if you're holding a gun, you're probably not going to shoot that guy. You might even give him some more food and say, look, man, just get out of here. Get out of here. Let him out the door. We'll have mercy on somebody that's starving to death, won't we? Yes. But if he, if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. So, so if you catch that man, and, and then, then, then God's law says that he should repay you whatever it was that he took from you. When he, gets, when he gets settled, when he gets on his feet, when he has substance, he should repay you seven times what he took. If he took a piece of bread, he should bring you seven pieces of bread. When he gets on his feet, that's God's law. But that's not for you to hold, hold, hold him accountable for. That's for him. When he knows what he owes. That's for him. Okay. Now, this is the part that's for us. The next verse. But whoso commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that does it destroys his own soul. He destroys his own soul. So the soul, the spirit that is in you, when you commit adultery, whether it's in your heart or whether it's in the world, when you are committing adultery, the soul that is within you shrivels up and shrivels up and shrivels up. It is starving to death. It's dying. The soul that is in you begins to die when you commit adultery. And if you continue to commit adultery, you will lose your soul to the fire of hell. You will numb yourself to the point where you can't even feel what's wrong anymore. You'll build calluses and sores. And you won't be able to feel the difference between right and wrong. You'll get lost in the wicked way. You'll begin thinking that your body is who you are. You'll start living to fill the pleasure of the body and forget all about the spirit. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. 
<clears throat> and that's very true. That even if you manage to, to repent, to turn to God, to get yourself out of that situation, and you receive forgiveness, you will never be able to testify about that without being utterly and completely ashamed. And believe me, God will call you to testify about it. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. What does that mean? Jealousy rouses a husband to fury and he will have no mercy. You sleep with another man's wife. There's no going back from that. There's no making things better. There's no way to fix that. There's no way that the friendship can, or, or the brotherhood or the neighborhood or even just strangers treating each other with a modicum of respect. You can never get back to that place. <clears throat> he will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts, no matter what you give him. He will never let it go. Never. So there's your warning. Is that is that also saying that it's okay not to forgive a man for sleeping with your wife? Is that something that we don't have to forgive another man for as a Christian? No, no. Well, it doesn't say for you not to forgive. It says that if you commit the sin... Okay. Right? So, so we are always to worry about ourselves. Our relationship with Christ should always be about ourselves. It should never be about changing somebody else or worrying about or, or, or pushing somebody else to be something that they're not or pushing them to try to grow at the same pace that we're growing spiritually or, or you know, uh, put making them uncomfortable or calling out their sins or pointing out all their problems. Our, our walk in faith is not about that at all. That's the walk for the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees. Our walk is about searching our soul every day for the places where we're wrong with God. Our walk is about seeing the flaws in others and asking the Lord to reveal those flaws in ourselves and then praying for the others. Our walk is about seeing through open eyes, spiritual eyes, seeing the life that we lead and the example that we are and how that has created the flaws in the other people around us because we have been a stumbling block to them. Our journey is to become more Christ-like every single day of our lives. Jesus never had to call the people to follow him, except for his own disciples when he started his ministry. But the, but the groups of people that came to Jesus for teaching, the, the, the throngs of people, they came to listen to him preach. He never had to put advertisements out. He didn't have to rent a billboard. 
He didn't have to get airtime. Nothing. They came to him because he was a beacon and still is a beacon of light. They were drawn to him and drawn to a desire to be more like him. And 2,000 years later, we still are. So if we want our family members to change, if we want them to be better people, if we want them to repent, to be more Christ-like, then the way that we do that is that we lead them to that place. We don't drag them. We don't push them. We don't kick them. We don't tie them up and bring them with us. We don't force them. We don't shame them into it. We have to focus on our own behavior until we become Christ-like enough to where they want to follow us to that place. And along the journey, they experience the same thing that we did and become more Christ-like every day. Jesus never said for us to go out and convict everybody else of their sin. That wasn't our job. Holy Spirit will convict them. The Lord will take care of that part. We're to teach them the commandments of Christ. We're to show them love. We're to show them mercy. That's our job. And uh, most times we fail at that. Most times we miss that mark. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Nothing will push somebody away from Christ faster than a person that they love and they trust is hammering them with the Bible. Beating on them with God's word. Hurting them. That will push them away from Christ. That pushed me away from Christ. We have to be an example. All right. Let's say our prayers. Uh, Alice. Elise. 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 <laughs> yes. You want to say the prayer tonight, huh? Sure. Mm. Come on. <laughs> We're going to test the waters. All right. You've been training for this, baby. <laughs> Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for letting your word be able to reach uh, many people that may not have the opportunity or heard the word before. Please let this year be blessed as you bring everybody into it. Keep everybody safe. Please forgive them for their sins and help bring your word closer to them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right on. Good job. Good job, baby. Proud of you. Right on.
Okay, guys, I love you very much. Good night. All right, love you guys too. Be good. All right, bye-bye.